Pedro's Stone Soup by Duane Roberts. As the doorknob slipped from his hand, a frigid wind sandblasted his naturally tanned face. Pedro's mind and tongue sorted through his somewhat limited English, seeking the words to exclaim his surprise at the weather's harsh attack. Ay, 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 he sputtered, an expression that was neither Spanish nor English, but clearly understandable. As he ducked his face against a shoulder, Pedro noticed the dried plants in the wooden box at the door stoop. Last spring, he had planted vegetable seeds from the librarian, Miss R, for a vegetable garden in the box. Some turnip seeds finally sprouted, and despite his infrequent watering schedule, one sprout grew a large purple-topped white bulb. Pedro paused long enough in the cold wind to pull the turnip out of the garden box by its long attached leaves. Then, with a strong twist, he removed the leaves and slipped the turnip into his backpack on top of his books. The turnip could be added to Miss R's pot of stone soup. At bedtime one night last week, Pedro had told his brothers and sisters about Miss R's lesson in the library that day. The librarian had taught his third grade class about folklore. She had described how various cultures have different versions of similar stories. Miss R had said that these stories become a society's folklore. She explained that in folk tales, the storyteller uses a situation that is familiar to the listeners for the framework around which the tale is woven. One example she shared was from Greek folklore, the story of an elderly couple that shared the last of their milk with two travelers. The strangers were gods traveling in disguise. During the night, they slipped away quietly, but left the pitcher full of milk. For the remainder of the elderly couple's lives, the pitcher always contained milk in return for their favor to two strangers. Miss R had also explained that parables are a special kind of stories common in Jewish and Christian folklore, and that many parables are found in the Bible. At bedtime later that evening, Pedro had reminded his siblings that Father Rodriguez had told the parable of the loaves and the fishes at Mass just last Sunday. Remember? Recuerdate? Pedro asked the children in both Spanish and English. Then he proceeded to retell the parable in Spanish. Two thousand years ago, a large crowd collected in the countryside to hear a very wise young rabbi. At lunchtime, the speaker was told that many people in the audience had not brought enough food to eat while they were there. The rabbi asked for donations of food that could be divided among the crowd. A small boy came up offering his share to share his lunch ration of two small fish and five loaves of bread with his neighbors. After the meal was over and everyone in the crowd was full, there was still enough leftover food to fill 12 baskets. Pedro smiled at his wide-eyed little brothers and sisters. And the leftovers were gathered up to feed the poor and the sick people in the village, Pedro's younger sister added. That's right, Milagros. It was a miracle, just like your name. Mili, un milagro. Those with food 
had shared with others, and still there was plenty of food left over. Pedro went on to describe how he stood up during the library lesson and asked Miss R if the class could make a pot of stone soup. He had told Miss R and his classmates a folktale that his grandfather related to him. Many years ago, even before the memories of the oldest members of my grandfather's tribe, there had been an especially hot and dry summer. Most of the corn, beans, and squash died in the fields before harvest time. The rain, which the crops needed so badly for months before during the growing season, fell as deep snow later the following winter. The animals that survived the hard winter weather remained hidden all day in their shelters and nests. At the end of each gray day, as darkness fell early, the hunters returned to the tribe empty-handed and very tired from hunting in the deep snow. Pedro had paused for a moment, nervous when he realized that 22 pairs of his classmates' eyes were upon him. With a deep breath, he continued his grandfather's story. The chief of my ancestor's tribe declared that the next day would be a rest day. The hunters would remain in the village while he and his wife prepared stone soup. The next day in the middle of the village, the chief handed three small stones to his wife. She dropped the precious stones one by one into a pot of hot water. Then the woman added a small handful of scavenged kernels of corn. The day before, just as night fell, she had re-examined the corn cobs that had been saved to start the cooking fires. She had discovered a broken kernel left behind in a corn cob, or a kernel that had been too small to bother with earlier. As midday approached, their son, Little Beaver, remembered the empty nest of the pack rat. The rat had been eaten after the first big snowstorm, but his nest provided a few grains of grass seed which Little Beaver carefully collected and dropped into the pot of soup. Pedro paused again to swallow the lump in his throat. <clears throat> Not only was he uncomfortable about speaking in front of his whole class, but he was nervous about retelling this family story in English. Pedro drew, a, drew in a big breath and then continued the story. A cache of nuts and acorns from the nest of a squirrel eaten long ago were carefully picked from the shell fragments to disappear with a hearty splash below the soup surface. Handfuls of snow enlarged the volume of soup as members of the tribe remembered trifles of formerly ignored scraps of food. At mid-afternoon, the chief's wife declared the soup was ready to eat. As the final portion of soup was given out to the last villager, the sun began to peek through the clouds. For the first time in weeks, the hunters looked forward to sweeping the valley for game. The villagers had survived by sharing their meager portions of scraps. As he sat down, Pedro asked Massar, may the class make stone soup next week during the library? Maybe we can show our parents that we understand the difficulties they're having 
finding work and feeding their families. Miss R. agreed. I think that's an excellent idea, Pedro. Yes, we will make stone soup next week, if you children bring the ingredients. And I know my brother would be honored if he were permitted to donate three stones from his polished rock collection to get the soup started. And the class, class joyously accepted. The third graders told their brothers and sisters of the third grade's plan to make stone soup. In turn, the siblings told their classmates. And because of so many requests by other classes and other grades to participate in making the soup, Miss R announced during the following morning's announcements that the principal had granted permission for all the classes to join the third grade class in bringing a small vegetable, a leaf of cabbage, or a few beans to the library on Monday for preparation of the school's stone soup. Miss R was standing by the library door as Pedro entered school on Monday. She reported to him, the water is already boiling for our stone soup. My brother gave us three of his polished stones to use to start the soup right after announcements this morning. That's when everyone will be allowed to bring their donation to the library. Did you remember to bring something to add, Pedro? Proudly, Pedro showed his turnip to Miss R. I grew a turnip with the seeds you gave me last spring. I want to add it to the soup. Why, thank you, Pedro. We will slice it into small cubes to add to the soup. Now, scoot or you'll be late for homeroom. Okay, Miss R. Shortly before the end of the school day, the students in each class returned to the library and lined up for small plastic glasses of soup. Pedro received a smooth blue stone in his portion of the soup and a kindergarten girl and another third grade boy each received a stone. Just as sharing stone soup encouraged the ancient members of Pedro's tribe, his classmates went home a little happier than on most afternoons. That night, all of the children's homework seemed somehow easier and was completed earlier than on other nights. Likewise, the faculty felt that making a pot of stone soup had lightened the daily drudgery of teaching the school's 400 students. At supper, Pedro related the making of stone soup to his parents, and all evening, even they seemed happier more interested than usual in their children. The end.